You're about to enjoy this replay of the Sons of UCF Live brought to you by Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Today, I want to talk more about Dariga, a company that's revolutionizing the way businesses tackle one of their most critical challenges, finding the right talent. Dariga stands out for the groundbreaking approach to recruitment, which is really more like matchmaking. They also have deep-rooted ties to UCF. Ray Bazzi, their founder, is a UCF alum who actually started the company based on a class project during his MBA program. Also, their commitment to UCF runs deep. 95% of their employees are UCF graduates. Many companies turn to Dariga, and you should too. To find out more, go to nightrecruiting.com. That's night with a K to learn more about Dariga. Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroko, joined by Adam Eaton. Welcome in to the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, happy pre-Thanksgiving to you. Same to you, Trey. Are you getting ready? Are you preparing, exercising? What are you doing? Uh, more on the exercising, less on the preparing. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, not not cooking. I'll, I'll join somebody else's feast. It's the way to do what it. What about you? What about you? You've got all your food prepared, your portions uh, on the plate the, the way you want. You'll know that. Ah, shameless, shameless admission. Uh, we're going out to dinner. I'm not. We're not cooking anything. Yeah. Mrs. That's Eaton's all. got the the right idea. Uh, well, Mr. Eaton had the right idea because <laughs> I've, I've had Mrs. Eaton's cooking. She's not watching, so I'm good with <laughs> wow. that. Yeah, wow. she's not watching. It's fine. All right. You know, plenty of time over the next hour to talk about UCF's home finale against Houston. However, in the uh, social media spin cycle for the past 24 hours, there's been a lot of talk about NIL, specifically UCF's version, The Kingdom. And tonight we're going to learn a little bit more. We welcome in the executive director of Kingdom NIL, SJ Tui. SJ, thanks for being with us on Sons of UCF Live. Man, glad to be here. Thanks, Adam. It's very Christmas the cranks of you, man. Skipping Thanksgiving. That's tough. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I mean, look, we're gonna go. Out, we're going to Texas Day Brazil, which it's a good, uh, it's a good experience. Good wow, so, not even an yeah. American going out. I mean, you're you're going full. It's just Texas. I mean, <laughs> there's Texas involved. It's close. It's a border state. We're good. Uh, Sj, uh, you know, when we most of us first heard of NIL, we thought it would be involve a student uh, selling some merch, uh, maybe showing up at an event at a local business. How would you describe the business of NIL right now, specifically the kingdom? Yeah, I mean, we, we thought that too, um, and that would be great if that's what it was. It's not the reality that, that developed, and we kind of got a late start to trying to catch how the, you know, the rest of the um, country was doing it. But I think we're finally finally there. So, yeah, there's still some of that. I mean, you, you look at there's a lot of, of uh, our athletes doing cool stuff like that. But for for your main guys, it's definitely supplemental. I mean, there's there's a bit of a um, a piece to it that you know everyone doesn't like, and and we're kind of in the same boat. It, it is what it is. I mean, we're, we're playing uh, within the confines of the rules. We don't love the way that it is but we want to be the best that we can so uh we were in the same boat man we were we were marketing the the jersey mike's deals and and the, the t-shirts and the rock'em socks that was our first year's recruiting pitch and then we realized that that was not going to cut it you you said the word rules there what are the rules well in terms of how the national landscape is yes yeah i, mean, I think that everyone has a misconception that that a lot of dollars are being generated whether it's by um, a university or a conference or, or a TV revenue or whatever it be can, can help fund the players. And uh, in the current model, that's not the case. I'm not saying that'll never be the case. Uh, it, it'd make things a lot easier if it was. Um, but but for us, it has to be funding outside of those entities. So again, we're not 
affiliated with UCF. I mean, I work out of UCF a lot. I meet with them weekly. We, we have a standing meeting with every kind of group there at UCF every every week, but we're not part of that. We pay them back to use, you know, logos and that kind of stuff, but we're, we're a third-party um, entity that has to, to be a part of that, um, taking care of the players. So, um, again, I think long-term that may not be the case, but but it is right now. You've seen a lot of the comments on social media in the past 24 hours, and that's why I was interested in talking with you. Let's. I let's figured I didn't think it was a check-in. I thought, oh man, yeah. look, Trey wants to check in and have a nice yeah. pre-Thanksgiving chat. Awesome, <laughs> great, great, wonderful. Uh, let's address one that has been in the, the the social media a lot in the last day or so. Photos of Kingdom contributors on private jets to games. How do you respond to critics that say this optic sends the wrong message? Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine the critic you're talking about is is JP. It's a, it's a funny deal. I uh, I didn't know that he was, I thought it was like a fake uh, troll account for like my first year. So I didn't follow it. It was, it was private. And then someone like screenshot me a, a tweet about me flying to, to every away game on a private jet, which would be awesome if that was true. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's like a funny account. I'm sure that's good. And he's like, no, it's like a real person. I was like, oh my gosh, like, why, why does this person think this? And that's, that's really what led me to the first reply, which is maybe a little aggressive, is that someone tagged me in, in a comment of it. Um, I'm a really good um, consumer of Instagram. I'm not a great consumer of, of Twitter. So I get on there to post a lot, but I don't see some things. I kind of missed it at first. There was a couple of hours where I think it was going on. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, crap, people are really um, – there's a small group of people who are upset about this. It's tough, man. It's, it's, a, it's a hard situation. The, the initial uh, – sorry, my sister's dogs are, are not happy that some downstairs. The, the initial trip to Nashville on the bye week, I think that was the, the, the thing that people started getting upset about. And that was planned, you know, a month before, two months before that happened. And all of a sudden you, you, uh, as my sister walks in to get the dogs, thanks. <laughs> um, all of a sudden you go in and people are so upset. I mean, that trip made money for the kingdom, right? There's, there's, a, there's a group of UCF donors because we're such a young, energetic fan base that they're not just going to give us money. Sometimes you have to provide a, 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 an experience, a transaction for some of those folks. There's people that just will gladly contribute and be a part of it but we want to, to have different venues for different folks some people they want something out of it. they're still making money so they're not going to give you a, a large sum unless man what what do we get to do so that trip was a fun thing that we thought to engage kind of a different crowd uh, we sold some seats and, and went up there and uh, partnered with a different collective uh, and sec school to to fundraise and it was really fun man it was a, a great time and that's the on twitter I'm like man people are, are i mean i paid myself to to go on it. people are so mad and then this past week you go to texas tech out in Lubbock with with um two UCF employees, no one's known with that, and, and me and six guys, who was an awesome, awesome uh, crew that we were lucky to get invited. But that was not uh, a kingdom-funded trip. I wish that uh, we had the bankroll to, to pull something off uh, like that, but that's just not a reality um, for us. But I don't know. What do you want to do? I mean, it's, it's great to spend time with those folks. So if you get invited on a trip like that, I mean, that's where the money is. So for, for us, like, I want to be around that, and I want to be around those people. And one, every dude in that trip was a great guy to be around, a great person. Those were all cool people. And, and Taylor is not to – say his name out there i probably shouldn't do that but he's an unbelievable host and was so kind to to let us do that and and um you know i hate that that's that upsets folks but i mean for me there's two three folks here that don't give to the kingdom or aren't a part of it it's a great chance to explain to them what we do and, and be around them and um typically you know i'm going delta through atlanta to wherever we're playing and, and that was definitely a, a nice change of pace but um the fact that it upset people i imagine they'd be upset regardless i mean it, it, you know you lose games it stinks so everyone gets mad about something do you rethink the optics though uh, when you get reaction like this, do I read the optics of of resharing a posting photo? photos, private planes uh, that it looks large? 
I don't know, man. I would rethink it if it was something that was was bad or, or misappropriate. I mean, the optics are, is the optic you're upset about, or not you, Trace, but just generally speaking, you, you tell me, is the optic that we're, we're spending money that could have gone to the kids? I, I'm, I'm taking that that's the perception that, that people have when they see photos like that. Yeah, that's not my, that wasn't my money to spend, right? I, I wish, if, if I had a choice that to fly to a plane or spend my kids, that means we have a bunch of money, and, and obviously we wouldn't choose to, to fly a plane, but that's, uh, you're invited on a trip where someone is, they're going to go to the game. They're a UCF fan. They want to go see the team play. That's that's how fandom works, right? You want to travel. You want to see your team. You want to go to these these towns you haven't been to. Um, so if you're invited on a trip, no, I don't, I don't personally regret the optics of, of being part of, of an experience like that. I think it's it's silly to tell someone else the, the same way that, that people are upset about um, someone maybe say, hey, give to the kingdom. Well, don't tell me I spent my money. I get that, man. We, I, I would never, ever ever tell anyone they weren't a real fan if they weren't a part of this or, or they don't want to support that. That's, that is bananas. But in that same light, no one should tell someone else, Hey, don't travel to the game like this, or don't, don't go see your team, uh, how, how to play. And that dude loves UCF and, and he's done a ton for us and a ton for the university. Um, and, and I don't regret the optics of, of, of being Parson and he, he put together. No. SJ, do you understand the skepticism that some fans have from that though? So you tell you tell me because a bit of it on on Twitter may be lost. Do you think the skepticism is you're saying that not again not not you as as Adam, but give me as as you as the UCF fan. You're saying the skepticism is we've taken money from monthly donors and you're spending on a plane. Is that is that like the the gist of what you're assuming? Yeah, I think that's the perception people have, right? Is is they're trying to understand wh where did that funds come from, right? You're obviously raising funds, funds are being spent. I think people are just drawing an easy corollary there. So do you understand that skepticism when people draw that easy corollary? I, I think that that's a, a big reach. Um, I get it that maybe someone doesn't get the ins and outs of, of those dynamics maybe, but um, you understand how much that would hurt us and our jobs to spend money on that. Like it's crazy um it's just not something that's that's a reality of what we we could do even if even if we had enough money as a kingdom nil to charter a plane every week like it would make our jobs impossible to do come december come come april for basketball come june for for baseball come whatever it is for football may and, and december so um it, it would just be putting ourselves in a horrible position and i think that that's a, such a logical thing but um i i, I personally have a hard time gathering that skepticism of, you know, this, this guy who's done really well for himself and a, a business that I don't really fully uh, claim to, to understand in the crypto world and is now diversified into a bunch of things is, is doing this stuff. I don't know what they want to do. Not, not invite folks. It, it was super helpful to me in the kingdom to be on that just because um, you get to be on a different crowd of folks who are doing different things and the rest of those guys and you can share with them. So I, I was lucky to be on it. I think long-term it will help the kingdom to have been around some of those guys that, that I hadn't met, but um I, do you do you understand Adam maybe the skepticism of, of from mine how it's tough to see where that's a flaw where you're going hey man you're about to go American Airlines Dallas to, to Lubbock instead we're taking this plane do you want to drive down and, and fly with us what would in that situation would you go like no man I don't want to be around boosters I'm going to take myself there pay my own funds to travel like I usually do turn down the free trip and fun time like it's it's kind of weird to me to think that someone would get upset about that You've been on the job for almost a year now, right? What's what's something that you you've learned about this role so far that you didn't expect when you first signed on to it? Yeah, good question. Um, it's it's well, this is a good example. Honestly, it, it's tough because in football, 
uh, you lose a game or a big game, and it's like, man, what's next? You got a game the next week, so it's you're right back to um, the pavement of what you got to do, getting yourself ready for the next week. Whether in my job and operations, you know, where we're traveling to, budgetarily, what's that look like? Where's the where's the truck? Where's the hotel? What's the food? Like, you know, you have something you got to go pretty quickly. Um, and this job, I mean, the first time we lost a big game, I guess Baylor would have been it. Uh, I get some emails, and I'm like. You know, this doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, crap, this this does matter. Like, this is so important. These people are, are our livelihood of our student athletes. So you really do situations like this where I'd love to just kind of play it off. It, it's not the reality of what we do now. You're really uh, involved with the fans. And I've worked in football for a decade, and that's never been the case. So that, that piece is different. Um, it's crazy how many moving parts. And Simon does a great job um, with so many kids. We have 117 athletes under contract from seven different sports. And it's the dynamics of everyone's different season and schedule. And when the portals open and, and when it closes, so you're trying to fund or, or uh, write each contract to be incentivized based on that portal day closing. And there's so many moving parts for each individual team. And uh, I played college basketball and I worked in college football. So those pieces, I kind of thought that I, I grasped, but man, there's so many different pieces to each individual sport that it's been fun to learn. Esther, what's, what's the biggest misconception that you think people have about the kingdom? Oh man, we don't have time. Let's do let's do a different let's do a different. Uh, but I, I think there's so many. Um, it, I tell you the one the one thing that we get the most like emails and and things about is you're mad at player X um, for for dropping a pass for missing the field goal for for fumbling a punt like whatever that action the player did that that you're upset about or conversely you're so happy with with player X that you man, he should be getting paid more because he did this. He made the field goal. He made the touchdown catch. He did this. By the time that player's action has occurred in the field, he's done with his NIL stuff, more or less. I mean, the contracts from football are January to January for the most part. So in November, that kid is 92% of his contract fulfilled. Our kids have one more payment date. It's a monthly you know, payment, just like a, an employee. They're all 1099 employees. And, and December 1st is the last one. So in November the 7th, you're pissed. You missed it. And you want to pull your money or you don't want to donate, it doesn't hurt that kid. He's already got paid. He's he's done. His money's accounted for. It really just hurts the next recruiting process and the next recruiting cycle. Conversely, if he played really, really well, well, you should pay him more. Well, he's already done that. That was the deal that was retweeted. Now in December, he needs to come in and with with his coaches and with us and figure out, you know, if his his values increase and what that contract will look like. We'll negotiate new ones. But uh, I think that's a big misconception, is it's such in the moment. And it's really not. That's done. You know, we're talking right now to our kids for for the following year you know, trying to get that already set up before the year even happens. So it's, it's kind of a longer term play, I think, than people probably give it credit for. On uh, Kingdom's website mentions approximately 90% of the funds go to the student athletes. What, by the rules, are you required to disclose? Yeah, that's, and of course, that was another thing, you know, that people were, were upset about. And I couldn't tell as much if it was to disclose, like, our maybe exact salary, which is kind of an interesting thing to really demand, or if it was, um, the individual players, I mean, any logical person is going to understand why you wouldn't want to disclose individual player salaries. One, for your current team, and there's obviously a dynamic that um, players are going to talk. They're kids. They're 18 to 20-year-old kids, and, you know, that, that's that's it. Now, they sign NDAs with us, and they, they do things, but we're not naive to that fact. I don't think it impacts um, the locker room as much as people think because a lot of it's just gossip and rumors and um, that kind of stuff. And, and our kids, I mean, the, re the reason that UCF is great uh, not to divert, I'm going to come back, Trace, not trying to divert what you said, but we have really, really um, great kids. Like from from all of our sports we work with, there's probably two or three that I'd like to point as far as I could, but like 99.8% of our student athletes are really awesome to be around, like the best. Our coaches, our head coaches that 
that we deal with are great. Our fans, awesome. Admin is great. So it's it's not a hard um, group to work around and and work with. In terms of what you're saying, that the, the specific. Um, the, the question we, was, what are you yeah, required to disclose? To disclose? Yeah. I mean, nothing. We're a private entity, right? There's not like some sort of publicly traded company that we have to do a quarterly report. We send out um, newsletters to our ambassadors of, of how many athletes were under contract and how many sports. But um, from a player standpoint, I, I wouldn't think there's no way any collective in the country is going to share for their internal locker room as well as for recruiting. I mean, any kid, because like we just talked about, like you, you sign these kids in December, all of a sudden in September, they're playing incredibly. Like, um, you know, I can't think of a good example. I don't want to say one of our kids' names, but a, let's say a defensive end is playing unbelievable for us. He's not making a ton of money. And his available salary is public. And where he's from in his hometown, is going to see that and go, wait a second. That's all that guy makes? We can triple that, quadruple that. And that puts us at such a massive competitive advantage for, for future recruits. Even if you did a percentage by sport, think about Trace, like if you're saying um, uh, baseball is, is only 4% of our revenue, which is not, not true. It's baseball. Um, and we have 13 baseball players under, under pretty good size contracts. Another school can pick that off and go, look, they only do 4% of baseball. We're 13% of baseball. They don't take it seriously. Why would you want to go there? They don't take that thing. Basketball is only 15% at UCF, which is not true. Man, at, at X school, it's forty percent. They don't. You're gonna go there. They don't take that sense. You know, it's it's any information you put out there, which is you're seeing some of this situation with a with a plane or or other silly things. Like if that information gets picked apart, think about if you truly put a percentage or a number of your student athletes that they're making. That's gonna get picked apart, not just by our fans, but by fans across the country of other teams and, and other teams' collectives and their coaches and their their schools. When UCF went into the Big 12, Terry Mahajer detailed where UCF stood with season tickets and donor dollars and those sorts of things. As best you can tell, how does UCF stack up in this world of NIL? Um, from where, from when I started in April, if you had told me that we are where we are now with the amount of kids under contract, with the amount of money that we're about to, to pay out in, in December to um, re-sign our current players and then hopefully have available to to take care of a group of, of signees when they get here in, in January, I would have never believed you guys. There's no way we can get there. That's I, I, I wouldn't have seen the path. And then every kind of month, new things happened and, and more folks joined and new events took place and we found different revenue streams. And all of a sudden, man, it really grew. And then I sit here now and go, man, how are we ever going to get to even keel with, with the rest of the Big 12? Uh, and even the rest of the Big 12 is tough because we don't recruit against Texas Tech and Kansas State. We recruit against Florida and Florida State and Georgia Tech and, and Clemson and, and schools that are that are regional and those schools are um, ahead of us. I mean, just candidly by, by far. Uh, now we're in a spot now though where we can pick off our top individual kids, and you're not you're not going to get that kid from us. Um, you know, you look at guys like Matt Lee. I mean, Matt Lee is why I just truthfully went into um, this job because uh, Matt Lee is a great dude, a great dude, um, and that kid loved UCF. His family is awesome. And there's such few kids that grew up UCF fans. Um, and if we couldn't keep that guy here, then we didn't have a chance. I mean, we were going to get picked apart. It was gonna be, and I knew that sitting in my current job, it was going to be miserable with Gus every day having to talk about NIL and how we're going to beat down. And that's that's just not what I, I couldn't do it. So I wanted to at least be part of the solution. I thought I could bring some some new new blood to what we're doing. And, you know, that's what I can keep. But not the point. But, you know, that has got to be where we are now is – we can keep our top kids. We can be competitive with our young kids and provide them a great experience to where they know that as they progress, they're going to get, you know, taken care of down the line. 
and then create a landscape for recruiting that we can, again, get some of those top guys. So we're getting closer to that, and I think we're going to have a really much better offseason with that this year than we did last year, but it's got to keep improving you know, over time for sure. We could talk to you about this for an hour. You have a dinner to attend, and I appreciate you, Carr, from 20 minutes. My dad's, my dad's talk birthday. With us. I, we can't keep you from dad's birthday. Happy, well, I, happy I, I birthday to dad. Saying, and I, I want to admit to anyone that saw the Twitter thread, I uh, – because I, I like the last thing I need is, is a, a false information or, or story uh, about anything related to that whole deal yesterday. Um, I saw, uh, you know, one guy tweeted about, I don't even remember Anthony, if it was the, the plane or the disc- wanting to disclose or whatever, whatever it was. And I clicked his page and he was from Panama City Beach. And I was kind of on the fence. My dad's uh, birthday tomorrow, 64, 65. And then Thanksgiving Thursday. So I'm like, all right, if I can drive up there and then drive back you know, for two days. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. And then I saw him tweet that. And, uh, so I said, I'd say, well, I'll meet you tomorrow and, and go up there and see you. So that I did not drive the six hours to get that guy's $12 a year. Um, <laughs> he did, he did sign up. He was a really cool dude. I look forward to, to seeing him when he's back in Orlando and, and, uh, and if I'm up here again, but, um, I didn't want the narrative that I did that. That's not accurate. I was going to see my father <laughs> for his birthday to do Thanksgiving brunch or, uh, tomorrow with my, my extended family. And then I'm, Driving back uh, to meet some boosters, hopefully Friday morning, our basketball team's practice. But if you tweet play. SJ, he'll divert oh, so. his, his pass <laughs> so back should, and he'll drive to your house. I should delete so that invite. Tomorrow, tomorrow evening, uh, by 6 o'clock, I'll be leaving here, getting to Orlando 1. So if you live on the path between <laughs> the Panhandle and Orlando, Gainesville, Tallah, wherever I'm driving through. Swing, uh, SJ, swing on in uh, Ponte Vedra. I'll, I'll, I'll happily have you have well, you by my, look, by my house. Not too, too far from that. Uh, Let's do it. The, la- the last thing I needed is somebody be like, he did, that's a lie. He's doing Thanksgiving with his family. I am doing Thanksgiving brunch. With my family, I swear. Um, but that dude absolutely gave us twelve dollars. We'll pick him off twelve bucks at a time, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> real quick before we get you out of here. Are you having fun? I know a lot of people in their job. The goal is to have fun in your job. Do you have fun in this job? Are you having fun building this out for UCF? That is a great question, um, and I've never been asked that before. Uh, I re- I really am. The the I, I told someone yesterday that was a, a one of our our ambassadors which truthfully his text kind of made me get on Twitter and look more at it. Cause he was like, Hey man, like proud of you. Keep it up. I'm like, do I need support? Like what's happening on this social media and stuff? And I was like, Oh man, this is like people are upset. But, but he, we were talking last night about it uh, after the fact and I was in the car driving up here and I said, man, the pros of UCF far out, this, this place is awesome. Um, and I've never got to see kind of the other side of it. Cause you're so insulated when you work in the building of, um, you know, football, uh, it's really, really cool. And we have cool alumni doing whoever has my job in, in, in 10 years, uh, which I hope the landscape is not the same as it is right now currently. But that job would be great because you're going to have a bunch of 40 year olds who are now 50 year olds. It's hard, man, to, to support NIL. Uh, even 300 bucks a year, our lowest monthly membership uh, level. Man, that's Christmas presents for your kids. You know, that that's that's drinking money on, with your boys on Friday night. That, that's a big commitment. We don't take that lightly. So uh, when our Average age of alumni, 36, 37, 38, who all have three, four, five-year-old kids or, or 55. Man, this place, this will be the, the easiest job in the whole world because we have great people to interact with. And there's such cool stuff happening at UCF, whether it's um, athletically on the university side, around campus being built. Orlando's a great spot. So I really have enjoyed it. I, I do not miss the 7 a.m., 6 a.m. staff meetings with Gus every morning. Um, <laughs> it took Gus some getting used to, like, and, and again, I'm getting on a bit of a tangent, so I, I'm sorry for it, but uh, my first couple of months, I mean, truthfully, I love to golf. I love it. Uh, I, if, if I could do it every day with my job and Tom, 
McNamara and Terry Mahajer wouldn't get conspire to fire me, I would do it every day. It's my, I'm not very good, um, but I like to play. And so I'd post like on the golf course uh, my first month here, and Gus would like call me, you know, and be like, like what are you doing? Like, you, are you raising us money? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm at a golf course. The guys didn't give us money. I think I'm, that's why I'm here. And he's like, it looks like you're just like having happiness camp for this week. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> honestly, it is a, it's a better setup. Like, spring practice, I don't have to do that. He's like, yeah, you haven't been in practice all this week. I'm like, what am I going to do at practice? Just three hours of my day, I didn't do anything. That's a horrible way to spend my time all the time. Um, so, yes, it's, it's a bit more um, golf, and it's it's uh, a bit more interacting and uh, a little more drinking than I than I would like. I've, like, really got to be careful with dinners and stuff. I feel like I've gained, like, six pounds the first week or, or month of my uh, job, and now I'm kind of uh, dialing it back down to, to get into a better routine. But, yes, that's a great question. That was a stupid long answer to a really simple question. This should have been yes, but we have cool, cool folks. I uh, really enjoy being around all our teams now, not just football, because we have good people at all. And so I am having fun with it um, and not because of private planes. I want to clarify that um, <laughs> the, the two trips uh, this year that were associated with these on private planes were not fun at all. Did not have a good time with either one of them. They were miserable, but the rest of the stuff is really fun. Uh, thank you for asking that. I had to laugh when you say it may look different in 10 years. I think it's going to look a lot different in 10 I years. Hope, this I really hope that, that's the biggest. You, you asked Trace the biggest misconception. That's the biggest misconception is that I love NIL and that Gus loves NIL and that Terry, none of us like the way that this is, but we really like UCF. And if we, we like winning and we like competing, so we want to make the best that we can do it. None of us love these rules. None of us love the way that collectives work. Collectives are, uh, it's not a good thing. I went from being the biggest anti-collective guy. I hated it because I worked in football and everyone had bigger clutches than we did. So I said, these are stupid. Take them, take them down. Do all. But we got to play the game, man. And if we're going to play it, well, let's try to be the best at it. So uh, the biggest misconception is that this is a great setup. It's not. It's not a good deal. It makes people asking to disclose everything. That's great, man. I, I get it. That makes sense. It's bad business. Um, but but we don't love all the way that it is. We, we just like UCF. I like my job. I love the people that I work with and around. So. Um, that is the biggest misconception. I think that, um, again, the pros and the positive support we've had is so much bigger than um, the, the negativity. But but uh, I don't love NIL. Gus is not praying down the NIL legislation and D.C. aisles going, keep it like this. Uh, we, we just want to play the rules best we can and, and keep supporting our school. Thanks for being with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Safe drive back. Be sure to tweet SJ if you want him to stop by your house. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, SJ. Thanks, Thanks SJ. See you guys. All right. Uh, it is complicated, Adam. Very complicated business. Yeah, I think the reality is the other, the other problem is none of us understand it, no. right? And, and that's the tough part is I think we, we have some – some basic understanding, but there, I think there's so much that goes into it day in and day out that it's really tough to understand, stay on top of all of it. And I, I, I think none of us are experts. I mean, it must felt like SJ was saying that, hey, he's not even an expert. He's learning every day as well, too. So I think it's a, the overall theme of this is that NAL in general is, is kind of a necessary evil. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think any of us really kind of truly understand what it is and, and what it does. But all I understand is I love turning on the TV on Saturdays and seeing UCF with a higher score than the other team. So whatever that needs to be to make that continue to happen, I think that's the best thing for us. Yeah, well, segue to that. UCF falls one point short in Lubbock. Now must win unless it goes down that pecking order of five and seven teams uh, because uh, they don't have enough bowl eligible teams. I, I don't think UCF wants to be clinging to that hope in order to get in a bowl. Let's talk about the season so far in this Houston game with former UCF linebacker in the 90s, Mike Palmer. Mike, thanks for being with us on Sons of UCF Live. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Good to be with you. You're part of the kingdom too, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm on the board. A um, bunch of good guys, and uh, SJ is kicking butt. It's always good to hear SJ talk. He get he gets you laughing, and he's he's always got a he's he's always full of energy and personality. What was interesting there is he talked about contracts being January to January, and 92 percent of the way through, and. Uh, you don't necessarily think of it like that if your brain is geared to either the fiscal year for the university or just the calendar year for football. So it was interesting to hear him talk about where they are with the players. All right, where is this team going into this Houston game? Must win five and six, another close loss on the road, uh, but they've served better at home. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to watch. You know, it's hard to, to see these games slip away like that. You know, we had so many opportunities uh, you know, you think about the, the field goal right before the halftime and uh, we didn't have a timeout and the clock expired before we kicked the field goal before halftime and uh, some other things just didn't go our way. And we're just right there. We're so close, but we just we just couldn't get over the edge uh, on it. And so it'll be good for the guys to get home this week. Uh, you know, everything. We got to go to a bowl game uh, that that's been what is it? Seven, eight years now, uh, something like that. But. We can't break that streak, and uh, Houston, I think, is very beatable. I think if we play our game and we do what we're supposed to do, it's senior night. Everybody's going to be pumped up for the game. We don't want to get overexcited. we got to stay focused in our assignments and what we got to do to be able to stop their run and stop the pass. But I really feel like if we, if we do what we're supposed to do, keep level-headed, stay focused, uh, and we'll, we'll be in good shape. You just said it right there. Got to get to a bowl earlier this week. Coach Malzahn talked about the stakes for UCF and getting to that bowl. You know, I, I think yeah. getting bowl eligible would, would be a, a great shot in the arm. It's what it would be. I mean, we've had some growing pains and lost some tough ones, close ones. I think everybody knows that. But this would be a really good thing for not just for the senior class, but for our program. You know, going into next year with some momentum, that's always really important. And bowl eligible, perhaps, in the first year in the Big 12 with a much tougher schedule than the Knights faced in the American. Absolutely. I think, I think that's kind of what everybody has to keep in mind. I mean, obviously, we're not used to trying to think like, you know, let's just be happy that we're, you know, we've got five wins in the Big 12 uh, or as a Big 12 member. You know, it's, it's one of those things where we just, the expectations, even before the season, the season started, everyone was thinking five or six wins. And I know I was like, no, I think we can go to the conference championship. And I really felt that way. And I think a lot of people did. And you take a few things here and there, a few breaks, like maybe Plumlee doesn't end up getting injured. Uh, he stays healthy um, and a couple other little things. And we easily could be in the hunt. Uh, so it's not like we, we really just went out and just got destroyed by everybody and we don't belong. I think we've proven that we belong in the Big 12. I think, you know, I think we've got nine four-star players already committed in this next recruiting class. I don't know if we've had that many four-star athletes in the last 25 years. I mean, I'm, I don't know. You guys might know. But it just shows the difference. And I think we all want it today. Uh, I want it today more than anybody after all the blood, sweat, and tears and everything we've done, fans, players, everything to get to this point. You want to win every game. And it's so frustrating. And we've got some difficult – Fans. I mean, our fans are. It, it's either UCF's fans. No, <laughs> we love UCF when we're winning, but.
But when when things start happening and the wheels come off a little bit, it is cutthroat. I mean, it is every some of the stuff you hear is like, wow, like guys, settle down. It's not the end of the world. Everyone's going to work on Monday. These are all 18, 19, 20 year old kids. And, you know, you have to have that in the back of your head, you know, and then also there's the other side of it where it's we want to win, win, win. And you hate losing. And that's the mentality we need to have. But there are going to be losses. I don't care who you are. Georgia lost this year. Uh, and they're the best team in the country, I think. I think they're number one right now. But, you know, they're, they're, there's going to be times. Alabama loses. They've had a couple losses. Like, it's things happen. So I know we're having more than we like. But I think that we're building. And I think one a couple more recruiting classes, and we're really going to be in great shape. Mike, I got a lot of questions about defense. Luckily, you are an all-time great defensive linebacker for UCF. The run defense this year has kind of been up and down. We saw a great performance against Oklahoma State, and then Texas Tech obviously comes out and does something different. What You know more football than Trace and I will ever see in our entire lives. What do you see when you watch UCF's run defense? What's been the struggle all year long? It's, uh, it's, it's a tough one to answer because I don't know why it was so night and day from one game to the next. Because what I saw against Oklahoma State was some of the best defensive football I've seen uh, in, in any program this year. I, I, the dominance was unbelievable. The way that they, I mean, they were manhandling Oklahoma State's linemen. And then you, you fast forward a week, and then you look at Texas Tech, and it was completely the opposite. And we were getting pushed around, guys were getting uh, you know, the holes were opening up. The running back was gashing us. And, and I, I will go, I will say that that running back, I felt like that guy could be the best running back in the country. I don't, I haven't heard much about him, but his ability to break tackles is something I haven't seen. I would hate to tackle that guy. I mean, we, we, we've played against guys similar like that back when I played, but there wasn't many, but it's so hard, you know, to, to tackle somebody that's low to the ground, very strong and very twitchy like that. The, the, the amount of strength and power that the guy had is why it's so hard to tackle him because he, he spins hard, he rips hard when he's trying to get away from you. And so it's really hard to, to grab on, especially with tight jerseys and stuff. When you grab them and they twitch really hard and they're, they're forceful, and you can't get handful of jersey, you slip off, and everyone's like, God, why is he missing tackles? God, we suck. And you're like, no, it's, it's really not easy to tackle those guys. But he played he played really well. He made us look really bad. And I hope that this week we go back to the Oklahoma State defense. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, a lot of young talent on this defense. We've seen John Walker, Damari Henderson, Nakai Martinez. Who is somebody you've seen this year from a younger player that you really like their style of game and maybe what they can mean for the future of this UCF defense? Yeah, I, I really like Walker. I think he is a man amongst boys. And I think he's going to be a superstar. Uh, Martinez is definitely another one in the secondary that I think has a lot of upside, lots of potential. He's done some really, really good things. There's a couple other guys back there, and it's the the names kept rotating. Uh, who was number eight? Damari Henderson. Damari Henderson had some really good plays. He did some really good things. And then there was some issues, a couple of mistakes here and there, but. Overall, uh, from the defensive side of the ball, I felt like I, I was just kind of, I, I don't know if it was fits or if uh, they were just that powerful and hard to tackle, but 
the thing that was frustrating is when we would finally maybe slow the run down, they would go to the pass and I was, I was equally uncomfortable when they were going to throw the ball. Cause I just kept seeing, you know, guys wide open before the play would snap, which is when, you know, it's going to be a rough day. And <laughs> I hate seeing that, but it, like as soon as we stop the run and he take the ball for a pass, I'm like, Oh God, don't let him be wide open on a comeback or something. And sure enough, he'd float the ball out and there would be nobody within 10 yards. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what to, what, what, what the answer was. And I don't try to be a, a Monday morning, morning quarterback. Cause there's lots of things going on out there, but I just couldn't understand how these guys were so wide open. And we dream for guys to be that wide open, but it, sometimes if you start playing that game in your head, like how are their guys so wide open? And they catch it with nobody around them and turn up field for 10 before they get touched. And then we struggle to get like, you know, just a, you know, as soon as the ball hits our receiver's hands, they're getting tackled right away. There's somebody right on them. Plumley has to be laser perfect to get it in there. Uh, unlike there were a couple of plays this past week where they sent the blitz and Plumley picked it up right away and hit, I think it was Javon Baker or, or it was either Baker or Hudson, I think, but hit them wide open. It was a phenomenal read, uh, things like that. Uh, and I also do love when he runs out on uh, where everyone thinks because of his run capability that he's going to scramble and take off to the corner. And as soon as he tucks it and starts running, everybody comes up and he pulls up and throws it. I think we got to do that more. That is so hard to defend. So, Coach, or Mike, as you know, there's a lot of controversy this week. Um, and I, I want to see if you can, can help us address maybe one of the most controversial things I saw. Matt Dolan thinks you have your Christmas tree up a little bit too early behind you there. Can you address the Christmas tree being up before Thanksgiving, please? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so we normally don't put it up this early, but I, because my wife says no, I'm the I'm one of the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving people, and she is after Thanksgiving. But when you have all your family and everybody's coming in, I just think it feels more like the holidays when you got the Christmas tree up. I got lights on front of the house. This is my um, this at this room that I'm in now was just an outdoor kitchen, and I just closed it in and turned it into a, a little. Uh, fun room for sports and I put a bar in and some other stuff back there but I got a, our old Christmas tree is that one so I was able to put that out here and then my wife if you saw the one inside the time she spent on that it's, it's pretty amazing it looks like it came out of a magazine so well I appreciate you addressing the real issues this week first Mike <laughs> yeah that's right I like the helmets and the bottles uh, over your shoulder there that's a good look in that room yeah, yeah, we I actually just put those out a couple of days ago. I took them from my man cave and put them up there. And I tried to talk my son into give me a couple of his helmets up in his room, but I was unsuccessful. So my wife said she gets the top shelves for her stuff. And I said, okay, I get the liquor, the helmets, and then your stuff up top. Well, Mike, SJ said that if you tweeted at him, he would meet you someplace. If I tweet at you, can I come to your place? Because it looks like you've got a pretty good setup there. So can I reverse that and I can just come to your place? Absolutely. Anytime you guys Perfect. Wait, why don't we do a show here? <laughs> I'll provide the liquor. That'll be the in. best show ever. Yes, that'll be the best show ever. I like that idea. Uh, you mentioned seniors and, and we don't know all who's going to walk and we don't know who may enter the portal, but we know one of the people going to be recognized, going to get a round of applause is quarterback John Rice Palmy. How would you describe his legacy at UCF? I think John Rice is one of those guys that, uh, uh, was was given a little bit of a hard time, uh, you know, similar to McKenzie Milton, you know, when McKenzie uh, came in and he didn't play well and everyone booed him out and 
I think John Rice, you know, coming from Ole Miss and not playing quarterback for a while, had to adjust again. Uh, but you look at his stats and you look at what he's done. He has been a huge game changer for UCF. He's, you know, obviously taken us into the Big 12. He's shown that he's a playmaker and a game changer. And forget about football. Just think about John Rice Plumley as a person. He is uh, a super quality person. I mean, he he's as good as they come. And and to also be a leader uh, and to be able to lead the guys the way he does, I can tell you that John Rice Plumley influences people's lives daily, uh, just by his personality and the way he carries himself. I think he keeps people out of trouble. I think he um, sets the tone for the players. Uh, and so I, I, I'm so thankful that we have him at UCF, and I'm glad that he'll be playing baseball and we'll get to have him around for a little bit longer. And no telling what he'll do in the future, whether it's in sports or something else. I think he'd be a good broadcaster. I think he'd be a great coach. Uh, and and anything to do with mentoring or helping kids, any. He, the future is bright for John Rice Palmley. Did you just break a little news on Suns Live? Uh, John Rice hedged on that baseball question on Monday. You seemed confident that uh, we'll see him in oh. a nice uniform. Oh, I, I don't know. Did he, was there an idea that he might not play baseball? Well, I, I asked him about it Monday, and he was noncommittal, which, you know, he says he's living in the moment. He's focused on football. You sounded a little more confident than he did. <laughs> no, I, I let me let me go on the record that I have no <laughs> I, I, I did talk to John Rice Plumley before football season, but that was because he talked to my son and he was teaching him a few things about, you know, my son's a wide receiver at Boone High School. He's a junior there, class of 25, hopefully going to UCF. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I, I have no info. Uh, so hopefully he does. I don't know. And just what would be the reason to not play? I don't know. Is, do you guys no, perhaps he wants to pursue a professional football career. He's indicated that that interests him as well. So, you know, he may have to make a decision in that regard. Let's end with this one. What's your confidence level Saturday against Houston and UCF getting its sixth win and becoming bowl eligible? I think that we are going to win this game. Uh, I'll even predict a score for you. How about that? So it's on the record. I'm going to say... UCF 48, Houston 21. I like it. I like I it. it. That covers the spread. You guys want to go on the record with something? Uh, UCF wins. Uh, I'll go on the <laughs> record with that. 42-27. That's my guess, Mike. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll price is right. I'll price is right with you. That's, that's <laughs> how I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, Mike, thanks for being with us on Sons of UCF Live. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, and I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks, Mike. All right. All right. Mike Palmer, great linebacker for the UCF Knights. I thought he was. I thought he was breaking news there. He he seemed sure. <laughs> John Rice. Palmer I was watching his TV ball. in the background. I, yeah, I was watching the TV. The setup there. It's beautiful. I'd love an outdoor kitchen, by the way. I'd love to get. He turned an outdoor kitchen into a game. I need to understand that thought yeah. process. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to hit Mike up later and figure that out. I like the live remote, but you'd have to find your way here. I'll find, look, for that live remote location, I will find my way wherever you need me to find my way, Trace. All right. Let's, uh, we heard the predictions. Everyone here, of yep. course, Homer's predicting UCF. Let's get the other perspective. Let's welcome in uh, Sarns Leland. He uh, writes for ocoogs.com. Also, sports editor of the Daily Cougar, the student newspaper. Uh, Starnes, welcome into Sons of UCF Live. What's going on? Thanks for having me. 
way back in the day, I was sports editor of the then Central Florida Future, so I know what goes into that job. Go. I applaud you. I go. applaud you for that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got this battle going on. Your head coach uh, saying it's a it's a battle for space. Uh, what, what do you think of uh, the, the comments he's made and some of the controversy that it has generated over the last week or so? Um, you know, I think these are two uh, sort of former AAC teams. These are you know, somewhat rivals, I think. Uh, you know, Houston, after leaving Southwest Conference, didn't really have too many rivals. And I think UCF, along with Cincinnati, coming into this is now one of those ones where it's like, okay, these are – we know they're somewhat familiar. And, um, you know, I don't have too many thoughts on that, but, Yeah. Well, let's talk about this team this season. Some reports today uh, indicating maybe some assistant coaches uh, might not last more than this game. Uh, maybe a little hot seat for Holgerson. What's gone wrong this season for the Cougars? Um, there's just no identity. There's no consistency. Um, you know, they're, there's never they haven't really played a complete game uh, this whole season uh, where maybe – uh, all three, uh, all three phases were playing well at the same time, or uh, one of the phases was playing well for the for entire four quarters. Uh, you know, there's just so many. There are also so many, you know, just uncharacteristic mistakes. Last week against uh, Oklahoma State, there was there was a taunting penalty on a third and forever uh, that gave Oklahoma State a chance to to close the gap after UVH sort of jumped on them. Um, and then later on, uh, UH was down two scores. They come down, score a touchdown, and they stop them on. They stop Oklahoma State on third down, but they have twelve men on the field in the eleventh game of the season. Just a lot of just. <laughs> I can relate. I like the way you put that. <laughs> um, just a lot of mistakes, and there's just there's been no consistency. There's nothing that I think this year that when you watch every game. There's nothing from game to game that you could see as a concept that you can hang your head on. Okay, like this is this is something they have here. This is something that they can lean on. You know, the the defense has been uh, hasn't been great. It's been good enough at times. Uh, I wouldn't say it's been much better than average. If that um, the offense has had its moments, but it also just it'll it's been known to just shut down for halves games at a time. And probably the best unit uh, on this team is the special teams. Uh, when Matthew Golden was healthy, he ran back two kickoff returns. Uh, punter Lane Wilkins from Australia, uh, he's been uh, pretty uh, pretty special with, with some of the punts he's made. But I don't know if that's what you really want to be hanging your hat on <laughs> known for punting yeah. uh, you're very yeah, understated ryan, that was solid analysis there ryan of ryan of gokugs is uh he has a shirt called punt and the whole joke is that u of h is a punting school so <laughs> fair enough uh tell us more about your quarterback donovan smith when he's playing well what is he doing and when he's not playing well what, what kind of things do you see out of him when he's playing well you can uh you could just see he's he's running more when when they when they run him when he sort of has those design quarterback draws he's normally pretty at least good for three yards 
um, a lot of times more than that. Um, you know, and when he, you know, has to do these short intermediate throws, you know, a couple step drops, one read, quick, quick throw, it, it works and it looks good. You know, you saw it against uh, Texas Tech. They scored on their first four drives, I believe. Um, you know, you saw it at West Virginia. You saw it against Texas, um, but you really haven't seen it since then. And that's when you see the bad Donovan Smith, and that's someone who's really a, a, a turnover machine a bit. Um, that was sort of the 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 concern coming into the year. Um, he started well protecting the ball. I think he had you know maybe three interceptions the first six games, one fumble maybe, and since then he's had I want to say eight in the last four games. Um, and maybe 10 in the last five. Um, and you could just see that when he's a little, when he's a little off platform, when he's, when he, when he's not in rhythm, uh, he really struggles and, you know, the offensive line at U of H does not help. Uh, you know, the left side is solid. It's got Patrick Paul, who's going to be a first rounder in the NFL draft this year, but on the right side, it's really a mess. And, there's just and there's not a lot of you know especially losing Matthew Golden that that hurts the run game was supposed to you know coming into this year was supposed to be sort of a you know this new sort of innovative run game by offensive line coach Iman Nagabi coming from Tulane and that just really hasn't worked out at all. So yeah, Houston's defense is giving up 35 points a game. Why? What's what's the struggle been on defense? Uh, they're out there for a long time. Um, you know, Dana Holgerson, since he's come to Houston, has wanted to run a, a ball control offense that is able to sort of run, run it well, hold the ball, control the time of possession. Um, and he hasn't really quite had that since he's been here. He's had good offenses. Uh, this year, this offense is does not if they if they get a good drive it's you know it's a four or five play drive um i think against texas like all of their drives were you know four or five plays down the field and so you'll see especially when the offense starts slow that this defense will be on the field in the first quarter for 10 of the 15 minutes and you know this the big 12 they just don't have the big 12 bodies to sustain that for an entire game and so when the offense is stuttering is sputtering and the defense has to go out on the field. Um, at some point, they just they just sort of get worn down. And also, the uh, the the tackling has been really bad. Um, you know, the 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 most sure tacklers on the team are a linebacker named Jamal Morris, transfer from Oklahoma. He's a great story. Um, and safety AJ Halsey. Um, and again, when your safety is one of your leading tacklers, that normally means they're getting <laughs> they're getting past the D lineman. At least it's not a punter, them. right? <laughs> right, right, right. So it's just bad tackling. They get get run on really, really badly. They got run on in the second half, especially against Oklahoma State, against Ollie Gordon, Texas Tech, all those guys, and um, they just don't win on first and second down that often. And so if they force a third down, it's short, and then they've been bad on third down all year. <laughs> hey, but there's that West Virginia win. you got to hang Virginia your hat win. on that one. The huh? Baylor win, yes, almost beating Texas, yes. 
start. I have an important fo- I have an important follow up question. Sorry, Chairs. An important follow up question to that. Uh, according to uh, the Twitter account at GoCoogs One, you're debuting a new hairstyle. Can you? First time I've seen you. So can you give me some yes, insight yes. on what, what's going on with the hair there? I want to make sure we get yeah. this important follow up question in here. Uh, really, since like high school, I've had shoulder length hair. Um, okay. And as long as mostly everybody's known me, I've, I've had that that long that long hair and today uh i got i was just like i want to get a change so i went and so we're, we're the first audience to see the yeah, new the first wow yeah 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 wow. you guys get the Thanks. exclusive i guess this is unbelievable <laughs> and, and and there's basketball season we'll have to have you back to talk hoops absolutely. i mean your your basketball school first right absolutely when you get to this part <laughs> of the football season that's when people start saying we're a basketball school <laughs> Uh, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Starnes Leland, uh, sports editor of the Daily Cougar, writes for GoCougs.com. You've given us the game plan. By the way, running back R.J. Harvey, you may get to see him uh, run on the Cougs uh, a little bit on Saturday. Starnes, thanks for joining us. Hair looks good. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, boy, we thought we had problems. Boy, listen to that description of that team. Jeez. They, they got... He's talking about punters. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, Trace. Also, hair looks good coming from you. I mean, hey. uh, anybody with know. hair. I don't know. Okay. Anybody I don't know if that's hair. a compliment, but that's fine. Move on. Anybody with hair. Is, uh, I did see his little thumbnail on his uh, Twitter bio, and, it, you know, he did look a little different uh, joining us. So, ah, well, the race is going to come down to the wire in the Big 12. Uh, as we expected, uh, Texas looks like they're going to be in the mix, but who's going to join them? Let's uh, get our Big 12 report now from Jeff Allen. As the Big 12 regular season concludes this holiday weekend, it'll all be decided as to which two teams will play for the conference title on December 2nd at Jerry World. Seventh-ranked Texas still holds the top spot. They clinch home field in the championship game where they win over Texas Tech in their Friday night battle at 7.30 on ABC. We'll get to the additional scenarios in a moment if the Red Raiders pull the upset. And the other Friday tilt, 14th ranked Oklahoma faces off against TCU at 12 noon on Fox. The Sooners will still be alive, win or lose. Breaking down those scenarios, if Texas wins Friday, the Oklahoma State-BYU matchup on Saturday at 3.30 on ABC could have the 23rd ranked Cowboys getting to the title game with a win over the Cougars. Meanwhile, if Texas and Oklahoma win Friday and Oklahoma State loses to BYU, the Sooners advance to play Texas in the championship. Now, if 21st-ranked Kansas State takes down Iowa State on Saturday night at 8 p.m. on Fox, and that follows a Texas win and losses by Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, the Wildcats get the champ game matchup with the Longhorns. Got all that? Now here's where it gets messy. If Texas Tech upsets Texas on Friday, Texas still gets in if two or three of the two loss teams Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State lose this weekend. Now, if two or three of the two lost teams win, there could be three or four teams tied for both championship game berths. It then would go to a litany of tiebreakers to which how that breaks out is high in calculus. In other games, West Virginia takes on Baylor Saturday night at 7 on FS1. Number 25, Kansas drops in on Cincinnati, 7.30 on ESPN2. And UCF plays their home finale at the Bounce House on Saturday at noon on FS1. The way my predictions are going lately, I'm tempted to pick the Cougars to fade the Knights into a victory to get bowl eligible. That's your Big 12 Minutes. I'm Jeff Allen. Happy Thanksgiving.
What a cliffhanger. He didn't actually answer the question. <laughs> Unbelievable. Did he get any of it wrong on any of we, who would know? <laughs> who could explain the tiebreaker procedures in this league? Uh, it's it sounded right to me. I'm not gonna lie to you. I trust his journalism. I trust him a thousand percent. All right, time for some uh, news and notes. Yeah, it's gonna take me a second. Every time I'm never on that clip. Marcellus Marshall, offensive line. Let's go around the kingdom. Thank you, Marcellus. Yeah. Uh, volleyball is uh, playing at Iowa State right now. They are down uh, two nothing. Uh, the wheels have uh, fallen off. Volleyball. I mean, not that they're going to make the NCAA tournament anyway at this point, losing six straight, but they kind of need to win this one and Saturday at Kansas, and they're losing 2 nothing at Iowa State. Men's basketball. Hey, you watched every moment of it, the Jacksonville Classic in St. Augustine. I just uh, got a Western Union telegram earlier today that we won that, so I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> Uh, Knights uh, beat South Dakota State 83-80, then 74-71 over Charlotte in overtime. It's three straight wins for your Knights. Darius Johnson, 25 points. Jalen Sellers, another good outing, 19 points. What are your takeaways now for this 4-1 and men's basketball team? I really like the addition of Marcel Savory. I mean, he obviously was a guy who couldn't play early on. Uh, he, he's, he's brought some energy. He's brought some shooting, averaging 12 points a game in, in the three games thus far he's played in. So I think it's a good mix. I, I think we've got to get a more consistent outside shot. I don't know who that is. That's going to hit the three just yet. Jalen Sellers, Jamari Allen, Darius Johnson, more drive and kick kind of players, more slashers. If Avery can be that guy who can knock down a shot, I think we we can have some fun this year. Look, we're not gonna we're not gonna win a Big Twelve title. We're not gonna be in the top half of the conference, but let's have some fun. Let's upset some teams. I like the makeup of this team so far. Beat fourteenth. That's where the Knights are projected to yeah, be. See, that be, is a successful if season. Twelve. If we get 12, I'll donate $100 to the Kingdom NA. I'll ask that. Oh! Yeah, give me 12th place, though. 12th place. 12th place. Is that official? That is <laughs> That's on That's official. Record. It's on the record right now. I can't replace it. Uh, up next for the Knights. Hey, Donnie Jones, you remember him. Uh, I do. He and his Stetson Hatters come to the arena Sunday, 4 o'clock. Women's basketball off to a 3-0 start. They beat Auburn 60-53. They are now in Puerto Rico Thursday, Friday, Saturday with games. Jackson State, St. John's, and Sacred Heart. Knights look to extend uh, their winning streak uh, over in Puerto Rico. Men's soccer, kind of kind of lost the luster of that number one ranking, which just seems a couple of weeks ago, Knights lose 3-2 to Vermont. Double overtime, second round of the NCAA tournament. The season is over. Be interesting to see which Knights, uh, Luca Dorado, Anderson Rosa, decide to return or, or venture off into pro ball, but uh, Knights... I don't know. I don't know how you judge it. If you just looked at the record, it was a successful first season in the Sun Belt, but the way it ended does not. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a soccer expert by any means, but Vermont just looked like they were the more of aggressive team the entire night. UCF got a nice uh, late goal to tie it up, but just unforced air on the defensive side to let a free run right to the front of the net for for a head right into the goal there. It just it just felt like they were the more aggressive team. UCF was kind of playing passive. And you saw that the last three games. I wonder if that – I actually wonder if the pressure of being number one actually tightened this team up a little bit, right? I wonder if that actually was a detriment when it's all said and done. Interesting. Uh, you got a, several days for some of you that will be off over Thanksgiving. Hop on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Catch the latest edition of Around the Kingdom. A little clip now from that. Eric, here is your statement. UCF should surprise everybody and wear the space game uniform again this weekend. Thanks or no thanks? Thanks. That was your best game of the year was wearing that. And Dana Hogerson talking smack about space. And, hey, nobody says Orlando, you have a problem. Stick it to him. Stick it to him there and bring that to space. Why not? Let's let's change it up. 
No thanks. I put up with that thing once a year. Oh, I don't well, need to see it again. <laughs> Elo doesn't hold back on the opinion. Stick it to him. Stick it to Dana. <laughs> just, I just, anytime I can get anti citronaut propaganda from you, Trace, I want to throw it in there. Yeah, I'm a fan favorite for that. Uh, all right. <laughs> it's that time again. It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. Always so modest, Brian. Wow. At Sir underscore seems, Fallon. Huh? Seems uncalled, that seems uncalled for. <laughs> At Sir underscore Fallon, Mark 7. Why the blank do we always blow it? Exactly. <laughs> you, welcome to you, all you, of them. Random thoughts. By the way, people are starting to get into your style of. Not all of them. <laughs> not, not, everybody. not everybody likes your writing not style. Everybody. I do find it amusing. Uh, uh, but I, sir, sir Fall, how long have you been a UCF fan? I need to know that answer because this has pretty much been our history. At armored underscore up on a scale of one to 100, how vindicated, uh, Trace, do you feel about your preseason huh? tax, tax yeah. prediction? That's a million. I feel a million vindicated. Not rude against the Knights, just expected that kind of performance in uh, Lubbock. At Black Gold underscore Ed Darren, wishy-washy replying to the question at the end of the first half play and the clock debacle. Who do you think he threw under the bus the most, uh, Adam? Gus himself or <laughs> JRP? Well, he said it was an RPO, which means somebody called an RPO and it didn't get executed, which would indicate, I think, JRP made the wrong read. So if, he, if he's saying it's an RPO and it turned into a run, that means the quarterback has an option. My interpretation is he's saying that's JRP, but I would say, why are we calling anything that has the word run involved in it at that point in time? Uh, the use of timeouts leading up to the end. And then remember, uh, and I asked John Rice about this at the media availability on Monday, 22 seconds on the clock. He's running around, burned 10 seconds and, and threw it out of bounds. I mean, that's critical time as you would find out on the next play. So not good game management there. And that comes back to bite them, of course. And J.P. Gilbert, <laughs> by the way, uh, S.J., who, who's this guy? Uh, protected private account causing all the stir? Uh, asking whatever happened to charge on XYZ. I, yeah, I, I haven't heard about that. I don't know. I mean, so that was a, the, a subsidiary of the company called Mercury. Mercury still does work with colleges like Penn State, Kansas, Kentucky. So my assumption is uh, that they just either – severed ties with UCF contract came to an end, no renewal, no interest in renewing, but that's still a part of Mercury who's doing work out in the college space. So I don't, I don't know what happened to charge on XYZ. Unfortunately, these things are going to come and go. I think a new one just got announced today. I forget the name off the top of my head, but a new one was announced uh, today on social media with a couple of people already signed up. So I, who remembers the Orlando NIL club, <laughs> raise your hands. I mean, the, the, this stuff's been out there for, uh, for a while. At Joel Like Sports, scale one to ten, how over is it? How over is it that we have collected people begging for money? Uh, it's 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 the name of the game now. I don't like it. Sj says he doesn't like it. I mean, who likes it? But it's it's the uh, the rules of the game now. I don't know how. I don't know what over means. Like, I mean, yeah, it's is it frustrating that obviously every time it's a fan, you have to turn around and, and donate to the school. Yeah, but if you love the school and that's what you want to do, then you have that luxury. You donate to Starbucks, you donate to Target, you donate all that stuff every single day. So if that's where your interests are, then then feel free. If that's not for you, then then that's the, that's the one thing I think about this. I NFL like that stuff. donating to Starbucks and Target. I've never thought about capitalism in quite that term. <laughs> it's a donation. Uh, that's yeah. the one thing about this whole con. If you, if if you're in for NIL, you think it's a good idea, and you have the means to donate, then donate. If you don't, then you don't. There shouldn't be a division between that. You know, you donate and I don't donate, and you do and you. 
if, if you have the means and you want to go ahead if not there's no shame on doing that either but that's the sj said it perfectly that's just where we are right now and if we want to compete that's the system if you don't like the system then you don't have to participate in the system at scott 88513 how confident are you that ucf is going to beat houston as confident as I could be, the largest fifty-one percent Kent State and Villanova. But see the earlier question about how does UCF blow it? Uh, I watched UCF lose to Navy last season in a 51%. game I was extremely confident about. So, uh, at Riley Carey sixty, what's your opinion on Dana Holgerson's issue with UCF being space? You, yeah, he's trying to deflect on some of his issues. The ESPN.com article is interesting. That UCF, I guess. Uh, wanted Houston to join in on that. Eh, they didn't want anything to do with it. So, so missed opportunity for Houston to be somewhat relevant. I don't take much of what Dana says very seriously. At Love Not War 311, this far into the season, is it fair to say that uh, OU and uh, the Oklahoma and Oklahoma State defensive performances are anomalies? The real D is what we saw in other games. You know, I saw a comment on the uh, Around the Kingdom episode in which uh, Eddie agreed with Elo that the bigger problem against Texas Tech was the offense. Maybe the defense is playing a little bit better. I, I don't think the missed extra point matters because UCF wasn't stopping uh, Taj Brooks on that last drive, but uh, uh, Oklahoma State was certainly an anomaly. Well, I, I do think there's something to that, Trace. You look at Oklahoma State at that point in time, the, the game was out of hand. Oklahoma State didn't have to run anymore, right? They had to throw the football. In a close game where they're still in it, in the third and fourth quarter, we've seen all year long that if you lean on our, our defensive line, you're going to get yards. Oklahoma State, we were we were up way ahead. They had no reason to run the football at that point. So I do think there is some credence to if you increase your lead, if you took advantage of opportunities that you had, if you got opportunities to get to get three, get seven, I think that changes the tenor. You miss those opportunities, I think then you put your defense in a tough spot. Not that they're perfect, don't get me wrong, but I do think there is something to saying that the offense is clicking better. It forces the, the other team's offense to play differently, which obviously impacts our defense. Uh, Scott M. Star again, Gus alluding to in his press conference, they're going to be portal guys. He didn't say it like that, but reading between the lines, any best guesses on who? Ah, that that is a you and Mike thing to recklessly speculate. Oh, good. I'm not going to do that. However, there will be guys in the portal. I, yeah. I just hope that it's not a situation where UCF is surprised at the last moment by a name that they didn't expect, uh, that it is conversations that they're going to have no matter the outcome of the Houston game and that they'll know where they're going uh, heading into all of that i have no inside info so please don't take this uh, as anything but all i always ever do is look at the 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 high school and the, and the poor whoever who are tweeting offers from ucf and see what position they play that usually portends to where ucf needs to build depth and if you look at that and say wait a minute we got a lot of young players there that's probably a sign to look at so that that's the only thing i ever do running back wide receiver i think are two positions right now Bring a lot of young guys in. We have a lot of young depth there. It makes you wonder why we're doing that. So those are just two off the top of my head. Yeah, does R.J. Harvey come back? And there's some guys that we haven't seen much of in the running back room and some other positions. I think it's so funny, Trace, though. Like, you know, NIL has turned this entire thing on its head, right? So you can now look at this and say, is R.J. Harvey a draftable player? Maybe, right? Like maybe an opportunity. Maybe someone takes a chance, sixth, seventh round, right? If not, maybe he's an undrafted free agent. I don't know what the salary looks like for that. I don't know what the guarantees look like for that. But you go to a camp, you play, you get cut, you move on, right? Or do you go to another school who's going to offer you 
a larger NIL check to play. And SJ just told us you get a full calendar year of that check and go play for that school and recoup one more year of money. I think that math is going to be really interesting going forward on fringe players who maybe aren't sure their NFL status. Do you take the risk and you go to the training camp, you get cut and you walk out with, you know, 75 K in your pocket, or do you go to another school, sign that big NIL? Could you have a good year, get that guaranteed money, whatever that looks like and ride it out for one more year. Yeah, and you see this in the NFL, right, where the quarterback will defer money to keep the offensive line intact. It's going to be interesting to see how UCF spreads uh, the NIL dollars around. And you're right. I, I read that uh, some women's basketball players at the UConns and South Carolinas make more in college than they would in the WNBA. Yeah. Uh, so they don't even bother going pro. Uh, they just stay in college. And, and you got guys with six, seven years now, right, Utah's quarterbacks coming back. How long have some of these guys been playing? And I think it's been reported, Trace. I, I, so if I'm inaccurate in this, I will take this back and I apologize. I think it's been reported that JRP has taken a smaller sum of money from the NIL Kingdom game because every week the guys on Instagram posting a new grocery store he's in or a new car dealership he's at. And good for him, by the way. But that mask going to change quickly. Will your next quarterback do that same thing, right? Is he freeing up money for other guys? Your next quarterback is the same thing. I think, again, something that guys like SJ have to figure out every day. And I'm glad it's not me that has to figure that out. Yeah, when he was talking about just the timing of portal for each of the sports and the number of athletes across multiple sports, and there's two guys working that office, right? So it's a lot uh, to comprehend. At Juan Wablo, not trying to look ahead, but he's going to look ahead. Uh, What does next season's quarterback situation look like? Uh, this is my best guess. Uh, we don't know what it's going to mean for the existing guys, but I think there's a kid that doesn't even know he's going into the portal that hasn't even thought about UCF yet uh, that will be in the quarterback room come spring. Yeah, I, I got to think Gus will be in the portal um, just for a depth perspective, right? I mean, obviously, JR, JRP's leaving. Uh, you know, we have Timmy McLean, who we think we're solid with. Dylan Risk hasn't seen the field. He has a transfer option. You need at least one or two more guys. Every Williams transferred in. He hasn't sniffed the grass all year long. I got to imagine Gus is going to want one or two more guys just from a depth perspective. And theoretical from Brian W. Peterson, would you be pro Gus leaving for another school now, by the way, mentioned uh, now that Arkansas's coach is not being let go. Now he's being mentioned in the Mississippi State job. Would you be pro Gus leaving if it meant that his buyout money, the millions that come with that, uh, you could reap that and keep the recruiting class together or would you rather him stay i think in my response on around the kingdom when you asked about thomas castellanos if he doesn't want to be here see ya and ucf benefited very much from danny white and josh heupel going to tennessee and uh if there's millions to be made in gus's buyout and gus decides uh, to venture back to the sec or somewhere else take that money yeah, this seemed like oh, a win-win the way he described it. Like, you get the players and the money if the coach doesn't want to be here. That seems like a win-win. But I'm always... going to fall out like that. You'll lose some sure. players Absolutely. in the process. Yeah. The way he described it was a win-win. I always go back to my favorite Mike Tomlin line. We want volunteers, not hostages. <laughs> All right. We've had fun with you guys on a Wednesday night. Thanks, SJ Tui, for hopping on uh, with us. Mike Palmer for his insights, showing off his, uh, his new uh, – uh, room there. Uh, with it's beautiful. The yeah, beverages. It's nice. yeah. And uh, Starnes uh, giving us confidence about this Houston game. Uh, very thankful. I'm not, I'm not for... confident that we can out punt them. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> no. I, hey, we got an Aussie punter too. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not confident. Uh, very thankful for you, Adam, and all the good work that you do. I look forward to seeing you and your family this weekend. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe in your travels and whatever you may do. Uh, go Knights. 
If you're going to be at the game, get there early so you can say thanks to guys like this. My name is Akahi Paole, and thank you for watching the Suns of UCF. Senior day, 11.30. Senior night, 11.30. Doesn't <laughs> Senior morning. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.